Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we will study God's Word. Hear these words from Psalm 62. Close your eyes, receive this blessing. Yes, my soul finds rest in God alone. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. Yes, my soul, find rest in God alone, for my hope comes from Him. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we acknowledge today that you are our hope. And Lord, we take a moment of silence And this is for you, PCC, and those online, just to give to God what is restless in your soul. May you release it to him and ask him to give you rest for your soul. Take a moment and do that. Again, hear these words. Psalm 62. Yes, my soul. This is talking to your soul. Yes, my soul. Find rest in God alone. My hope comes from him. Truly, you, God, are my rock and my salvation. You are my fortress. I will not be shaken. This is possible by the death of Jesus on the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Good morning, PCC. I'm Brian Wren, your transition lead pastor. And it's good to bring our souls before the mighty Lord, isn't it? Isn't it good? It's good to pause. It's good to do that. He's given us a soul. That's where in the heart of hearts we connect with him. And we need to do that. And so here we are in this Sabbath. Sabbath designed to rest, come before the Lord, remember and celebrate what he's done. If you're online with us today, welcome. If you're in-house with us, we're so glad you're here. Again, I'm Brian Wren, your transition lead pastor. And it's actually a joy to come and share God's word with you today. We continue in our series called Faith That Works. And we're actually in the last two weeks. Next week will be very experimental or experiential, should I say, in here. We'll live it out uh, next week. Today, it's more of its typical style where we convey the word of God and we hope and believe that God will speak through his word. And today, we're continuing on. We're wanting to have a faith that works in our own lives. That's why we've called this faith that works. And we're wanting also then, if it can work in our lives, to help others live out their faith, wherever they are in their journey. Last week was a tough word. If you were here last week, I I made sure I wasn't here last week. But last week was a tough word. Jackie preached, and it was on, what do you do with God's will for your life, and the wealth that he's given you. And those are two very challenging topics. Are we really in charge of our will, and are we really in charge of our wealth? And I thought Jackie did a great job at graciously, with a deep conviction, conveying, no, those are God's. And that's an endless tension we find ourselves in, don't we? Today, I don't know, it might be even harder. 
Today's about one word, patience. Oh my. It's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's about patience today. And so as we kick off today, I want you to really ponder, and you need something to have this work well. I'm going to ask folks in the back to make sure everyone gets one of these. Raise your hand if you need a welcoming prayer. You were going to be handed one of these on the way in. If you need a welcoming prayer, everyone needs to have one of these because this is key. So raise your hand if you need one. And to start us off today, don't read it just yet. I know you're reading it right now. I can see you. Because that's the close, but it's good. We're starting with the beginning. But here's what I want you to write on the back of it. Grab a pen, and here's the question I want you to answer. In what situation in your life do you need more patience? What situation in your life do you need more patience? You can only write one, okay? You can only write one. I want you to ponder that right now. I'm going to give you some examples in my own life, but just let the thoughts brew. We can do both things at once. For example, when I was a kid, I was impatient about Christmas. I couldn't wait for Christmas to come, all right? Uh, I was impatient about my birthday. I was impatient about my driver's license. Like, I thought I would never turn 16. Can anybody else relate to that? All right. I was also impatient about the girl who I was hoping would like me. I was also impatient about college. Will I know soon enough? When will I know? Then as I got older, I still had some things to be impatient about. As basic as, when is this light going to turn green? Anybody else relate to that? Like, when is this light going to actually turn green? I mean, literally. Or how about a job you're hoping and waiting on where you need patience? Here's a tough one. How about infertility? We only had three years of infertility, and that seemed like a lifetime. And if you're a woman wrestling with infertility or a couple wrestling with infertility, and especially if you're a woman, I just want to say to you that is a silent struggle. That is a silent suffering. We probably should talk more about that. And so the reality is there's just these things as deep as infertility, as much as I want the light to change to green, And I was a sales guy at one point, so I was impatient about closing the next deal. Many of you can relate to that in your businesses. Or how about this? Maybe you're impatient about an ongoing health issue you're dealing with right now. Or the house that won't sell because of what's gone on in the housing market right now. Or how about this one? The loved one who hasn't changed. Or the addiction that you're wrestling with and you can't seem to overcome. So right now today, I want you to put one word, one concept, a person, maybe a circumstance. What is it that you are impatient about? Maybe it's about this gathering you want it to end. I'd ask you to be a little more patient. Do you have it? Do you actually have yours? Okay, because today, here's the deal. Here's the big idea today. The big idea today is the following. Impatience is actually an invitation. It's actually an invitation into God's presence. I don't know if you ever thought of it like that, that this thing that I'm impatient about, that I'm trying to control and hold on to, could actually be an invitation to my soul into the presence of God. And we'll get to that. Open your Bibles right now to James 5, chapter 7, and let's see what the truth tells us about being patient. Here's the backdrop on this. The backdrop on the book of James is 
Jewish believers have become Christians. They have become believers in the Lord. They're Jewish Christians. They had a Jewish heritage, and now they become Christians, and they're facing persecution. And they're facing persecution throughout many lands. James has written this book to say to them, hey, I know you were dealing with some suffering. And this is the context in which he's closing, literally closing out the book today. So let's see what James is telling us. Because I think it stands for good news back then as it does for today. James 5, 7. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. You're going to see over and over again, James is going to tell them in these six passages to be patient. But he starts off with just very directly, be patient until the Lord's coming. That's an extended period of time because we don't know when the Lord's coming. And when we look at that word patience, when you dig deep and you get into the well, into the deep meaning of patience, and many of you would know this if you have some background in Christianity, that word patience means what? Long-suffering. I've never liked that definition. I like my patience to be short and sweet and over. All right? Anybody else relate to that? But when patience is brought up in the Bible, when you unpack the Greek and look at all the good stuff and the deep meaning, long suffering, double ug, double ug. It's, it's going to be long, folks. It's not going to be short. There's long suffering when it comes to being patient. Another word, if you really get to the heart of it, enduring. It means enduring. I think the really practical one is this, waiting on the Lord, meaning this, waiting on the Lord to come to bring you compassion and mercy as you are in the midst of long suffering, or waiting on the Lord to come back and get it over with, just to come back and change everything around this earth that's going on. It's interesting, the Jewish people at that time were thinking, the Lord is going to come back, and let's unpack this, what it means that the Lord's coming. Simply put, the Lord came once in the form of Jesus and was put on the cross for the sake of our sins, and we receive forgiveness for that and access then into a relationship with God. But there's this second promise. There's this second promise. And it really unpacks this well. Write this down. Hebrews 9, 26. Hebrews 9, 26 to 27 does a great job in saying, the Lord came once for the sake of our sins, but the Lord will come again. And this is what James, and that's very good news, because when the Lord comes again, you know what the Lord does? He redeems the whole earth, takes all the brokenness. In many ways, you might not have thought of it like this, but let me give you this big, big picture. In many ways, when the world was created in Genesis 3, right here up in the beginning, in Genesis 1 and 2, by Genesis 3, it says the world became what? Broken. And it doesn't say until Revelation 21 that it'll all be fixed in the second coming. So here's what's interesting. Just like the Jews of that time, and just like us right now, we're all living in the in-between. Can you say that? In-between. One, two, three. And in the in-between, there will always be suffering. It's not a matter of if, but when. You know, it's not about a few, but many. All right? And so the reality, good learning. You guys are with me. I like this. That was week one. Well done. But the reality is we are all stuck in the middle. And so we have to assume there will be suffering because we live in, what, a broken world in that way. And so it's in this context 
that what we find James is saying, be patient. Look what he goes on to say. He goes on to say in the next passage, he gives an illustration in the end of verse 7. He says, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains? He gives them an illustration. He's saying, see how the farmer waits? That's how I need you to wait. But boy, we are impatient, aren't we? We're so impatient. It reminds me of a story. There's three pastors out for a run in the woods, all right? They didn't go to a bar. They went out for a run in the woods. All right, so there's three pastors out for a run in the woods, and they're jogging along, and two of the pastors are complaining about their congregants. That doesn't happen a lot, okay? But the, but the reality is there's three pastors, and two are running with the other, and two are complaining about how their congregants aren't growing in the way they had hoped for. You know, there was this, gosh, I wish my people were growing more in this way and that way. And the third runner, who's also a pastor, runs over to a tree and begins to yell at it, grow tree, grow, come on tree, grow. And the two pastors are like, what is wrong with him? And the other pastor who's yelling to tree says, hey, I'm just being impatient like you two when it comes to wanting God's creation to grow. In the end, the point there is this. God's timing is not always our timing. Whether it's our desire to see a person change or circumstance change or literally, like, (laughs) if you ever wanted your plant to grow, like you walk over to your plant, like, why aren't you growing? What's wrong with you? We're even impatient in those little things. But in the end, what God's wanting us to realize there is that his timing's not our timing. And he's calling us to remain patient. James goes on to say that. You too, like the farmer, this is verse 8, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Now, in two, two verses, he has mentioned patience three times and that the Lord is coming twice. It's interesting. When you're in long suffering, what do you typically want? What do you think? When you're in long suffering, when you're in a place of having to be patient, what do you typically want? The end, okay? We want rescued. Like we want it to be over with. And it was interesting, we were in our uh, message planning time and Scott uh, brought up a great concept that he had read about. We're often looking for a rescuer when God is saying, I'm going to bring you a midwife. At first when Scott said that, I was like, that makes no sense to me. Remind me what a midwife is. And then I thought of it more like a coach. And I was like, I could relate to that. But in the end, many of you know what a midwife is. It's one who helps bring forth what? Birth. And so, and this is where Scott's a deep well, and I appreciate it. Scott's like, yeah, we want a rescuer when, in essence, God's coming more as a midwife, or I need it to be like a coach, where... You stop asking, God, take this away, and you begin asking, God, what are you birthing? What are you birthing in me? And then that made me think of the following. It made me think of the questions we ask when we're caught in what? Long suffering. Often the questions we ask are this, when? When will you come and when will this end? And then here's the other one we often ask, why? Why is this happening, God? 
And I think we need to push aside when and why. And when we're in long suffering, I think the question that God wants us to ask is, what? What are you birthing, God? What fruit are you trying to create in me? God, you seemingly want us all to reflect your character. What characteristic are you birthing in me? This is so much easier for me to preach about than live. Can anyone else relate? Yesterday, I wasn't in a patient mood. And I was, I was like, I have to preach this text, God. I can barely stand the moment right now. I want a different moment than what I was in yesterday. But when I come back to and sit before the Lord, I see that he begins to change my heart. And remember, remember our big idea today, our big idea today, impatience is what? An invitation into his presence, into his presence. Here's the big challenge. You can see it on the screen. The challenge is this. Our impatience with people and problems leads us what? Either towards God or away from God. Does that make sense? Our impatience with people and problems leads us either towards God or away from God. Take a look at this picture even that's on the screen. In the end, when I am like yesterday, locked down in my impatience, I have no exit. I like can't see the exit. I, I am lost and locked in in my impatience. And I actually become a bit of a destructive force. You'll see this a little later in the text. But what's beautiful is there is always an exit. There is always an exit with God where we can take our impatience and take it to him. In the end, to get over my impatience yesterday, you know what I had to do? I just had to shut down and actually go to sleep. It was like I needed a full reboot. Like, you're useless, Brian. You're impatient. You don't like the circumstances that you have so gotten caught up in your head. You just need to go to sleep. And it was interesting when I woke up today. In essence, sleep was my exit. Do you realize Find rest, my soul, in God alone. Literally, go to sleep. Rest can actually mean go to sleep. We need this exit because if we don't, look what happens. Look at verses, look at verse uh, 9 in James. Don't grumble against each other's brothers and sisters or you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door. James is saying, your impatience can grow and grow and grow and grow and what it will create. It can create division. Your impatience can lead to great division. And what? You start to blame people in this way. Think of Jacob and Esau in the Old Testament. Jacob was impatient, caused great division between he and his brother. Think of Moses. Moses was highly impatient with his congregation of Jewish people. And he bangs the rock and in essence receives a curse as a result of that because he was so angry. How about Mary and Martha? Martha's blaming Mary because she doesn't like how things are going. When it all goes down and Lazarus dies, all right, this is their brother, Mary's blaming Jesus and kind of giving him to grief. Isn't it interesting? Impatience leads to great division. How about Peter? Do you remember the words that Jesus said to Peter? when he was impatient. Jesus kind of had declared, hey, this is how it's going to be. This is how it's kind of go. And Peter's like, no way, Lord. No way. And this is what Jesus says to him. 
He says this to him in John 13, 7. You don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. Is that good? You don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. PCC, we've got to realize that our impatience can lead to more sin if we don't let it lead us to God. Did you hear that? Our, our impatience will lead us actually to more sin if we don't let it lead us to God. I want you to take an analysis. Where do you go when you're impatient? Take a look at the screen. Take a look at this diagram. I've shown this to you earlier in the message series on communication. But sometimes what will happen to me when I get impatient, I just go up or right and tell people off. All right? I can actually do that with God too. Sometimes I go up or left and I stand people off like, those people, I'm done with them. And I'm like, walk over here and I just, I'm not going to deal with them. I can also do that with God where I'm like, God, this isn't working out. I'm standing you off. I can also just give up and feel super hopeless, lower left. Ever felt that way in your impatience? And you're like, God, where are you? How long? And then I can get passive aggressive. Hold on to my agenda. If I'm impatient with somebody, oh, they won't let me do that? (laughs) Watch me. I'll get that done. And I go do it. Or you do that with God. You go ahead of God when you're not supposed to. Take a moment. Where do you typically go in your impatience? How do you treat other people? How do you treat God? The great news is we can allow our impatience to lead us back to grace and truth and to God and deeply into his presence. Look at what James 5, 10 to 11 says. James 5, 10 to 11 says this. Brothers and sisters, an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Know the story of Job? Job was a faithful man to God, and in the end, what happened? Job lost it all. He lost his kids. He lost all his valuables. He took it all away. Job got got sores on his body. Job's friends come and then tell him, like, man, you must have sinned. What did you do wrong to deserve all this? It was crazy. And then other people had other thoughts, but here's what Job did. He trusted God and stayed in his presence. And in the end, he experienced his compassion and mercy. And in the end, Job received double back. I love the backstory of Job's uh, story, the backside of Job's story. It's beautiful. It's this beautiful journey of faithfulness. Now, here's what I want you to consider. How do you feel Jobed right now? That's not a real word. How do you feel Jobed right now? Gypped, something taken away. Our tendency is to run from God. Our tendency is to blame. But in the end, God is saying, come to my presence for what? For my compassion and for my mercy. Here's what I know. I can't guarantee you a double blessing like Job got if you take your impatience to God, but I can promise you 
God's compassion and mercy. Can we get an amen for that? Let's hear that again. And give me an amen for that. All right, come on. Let me set you up here. I'll make it easy. All right? I can't guarantee you a Job double blessing in the midst of your impatience, in the midst of your loss. But here's what I can do. I can guarantee you, if you go to God, you experience his compassion and his mercy. Amen? Amen. Yes. That part is true. And this is where I find it a really masterful piece of writing that James has put together. Remember the opening lines of James? Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith will develop perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you are mature and complete, not lacking anything. But if any of you lack wisdom, you should do what? Get into the presence of God and ask him for it. Do you see that in that passage? James is declaring exactly what he began with on the bookend of this book. There will be suffering. There will be much suffering. But yet, God is saying, ask and come to my presence so that you can have a way out through his compassion and through his mercy. I'm not the smartest guy on the block, and maybe that's why I love the book of James. It's super redundant. Remember when he says, be slow to speak, be slow to angry? In this passage, he says what? Be patient, be patient, be patient. He tells us to get into the presence of God's grace and mercy just like he did in the beginning of the book. We need this for our souls. We need this for our souls. A while back, and this relates us to our our prayer here, I had an opportunity to get exposed to this concept by uh, a friar named Thomas Keating. And he's a Catholic priest, actually. And Thomas Keating had this statement that, Simply put, everything is a gift to lead us into God's presence. Everything is a gift to lead us into God's presence. It's easy when it's going well, right? Like, God, thank you for the way that's working out. But when it's not working out, it's like, this is a mess, God. And I'm supposed to think this is a gift. My wife will often joke when I'm in a bad mood at home. She'll yell from across the house. She'll say, hey, don't forget, everything's a gift. And that's where you're just like, why did I ever come across that line? This prayer is a prayer to help you hold things more as a gift, whatever it is. Grab this and let me read it to you right now. It's a prayer of welcoming. It says, welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today as a gift because I know it's for my what? Growth and healing. Wow. Wow. Let's start over because that's hard. All right, let's try that first part again. I'll read it to you. I welcome everything that comes to me today as a gift because I know it's for my growth and healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I let go of my desire for power and control. I let go of my desire for affection, esteem, approval, and pleasure. I let go of my desire for survival and security. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. My recovery brothers and sisters, are we hearing it right there? We're we're circling around good recovery wording there. 
I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. And then finally, I open to the love and presence of God and God's actions within. Imagine if you prayed this each day. Imagine when the next trial comes and you pulled this out. This is a prayer of letting go. It's a prayer of having a shift in attitude. It's a prayer of releasing the grip of impatience and opening your hands to what God has for you. This is not easy. But if we did this together as a community and we talked about it and we wrestled with it, I think we would bear the fruit of patience more and reflect it to the world and then help them to do it. This is part of what God's calling us to. And it's a part that we obviously need. So as we close out today, here's what I want to do. I want to give you a moment where you read back through this. And then there's going to be a prayer on the screen that you can fill in the blank and just release to God what you're impatient about, what you're impatient about. All right, let's do this together. The band's going to come up, but you get a moment here. This is your moment. Read through the welcoming prayer. Take a moment to declare to God what you need. And then we'll close today. Father in heaven, speak now. Speak in the silence. Speak, God, through our souls. Lord, help us experience more freedom. And Lord, thanks in the end. As we sit in this prayer and convey to you, we can experience your compassion and mercy. Lead us now. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.